Welcome to the Dragonlance Saga Hangout. It is Lenar's Yurth Green the 23rd. My name is Adam, and today I'm being joined by the artist, illustrator, around good dude, Mike Perry. How you doing, man? Hey, y'all. I'm doing great. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's great to be back. Always. And like the last time I had you on, we sort of did a full-blown interview on you and showcased your work and stuff, which I want to do some more of. But, um, you know, we were sort of uh, walking through Feelthaz, the the Dragon High Lord and options that you would come up for various looks. And we were just sort of creatively concepting ideas and stuff. And uh, you actually finished that piece, correct? Yep. Yeah, I sure so, did. And I, I sent you the picture. So yeah, I believe we have it queued up here. So let's, let's just sort of walk through some of this stuff as we just, uh, just chat and discuss a uh, quick in the chat room, Chris, great to see you. Goldman, how are you dear? And Jason, thanks for tuning in. Anyone else after the fact you want to jump in and uh, say hi, feel free. The water's warm. Get in here, <laughs> grab a drink. All right, it's the weekend, so you know it's it's a Sunday. It's the lazy day, so let's just sort of have some fun. So here's sure, I love the Ilthes that you came up with. Look at this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had talked about him during the last uh, our last conversation, and I incorporated some of those ideas. And I just had a blast working on this lesser known Dragon High Lord. And uh, what you're looking at is the final concept that I came up with. Oh, it looks great. I love the sword too. No, it hangs off. Yeah, I was trying to go for something a little different. You know, he's riding, he's riding a dragon, so he wouldn't have it up high on him. I tried. I was looking at cavalry references, oh, nice. and a lot of um, it's hard to tell, but there's a bit of a texture on his his uh, scabbard for his sword, right? So I was kind of referring off of Arabian style swords. You know, oh. trying to think more. Sylvanas, the elves, you know, it's an older culture. It's they, they have time. They're elves. They live for hundreds of years, right? So they're going to take the time to put decoration into every aspect of their equipment. So, you know, I imagine he would still, even though he's an evil dragon high lord, he would still have a lot of those aesthetics. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I don't want a boring leather, leather scabbard. I want one, you know, gilt and silver. Perfect for me, right? Yeah. No, it looks great. I love the helmet. It's got those like tusk horns coming out of it yeah well i was trying to go with if you look at his the design for sleet his dragon mm -hmm. and every time they draw a white dragon in the old 80s dragonlands um it had five horns and they're sort of this yellow with a blue tip so i was trying to incorporate that same sort of motif throughout so okay, we have cool. a similar uh you know you can tell he's a white dragon high lord yeah. i mean doing him all in white it just it's not as dramatic doesn't it 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 didn't really it looked weird right so um i i incorporate a lot more black and white you know that way and uh he's also a black mage so we have to have some of that going on too well i like how you treated the robes it it reminds me of like old samurai outfits where there's like multiple fabric layers all mm -hmm. sort of put together it's very mm -hmm. very cool looking i dig that well, he, you know, he's, it's a cold place and he's still a evil wizard. So he's got to have his armor. He's a fighter mage. And if you look at historical armor too, there's lots of, you know, layers to it. It's not just a chain mail. There's a, usually a padded gambeson and that kind of thing. So I kind of, I like that idea. He's got some padding, like a gambeson type material underneath his dragon scale armor. Mm -hmm. And then he's got his black robes on top of that. And then he's got his cape. Um, I didn't give him you know, the long kind of 80s cape. I gave him more of a short cape yeah. just to make him look a little different. And, you know, the robes started to get overwhelming if you throw big capes and everything else. But, uh, you know, he's got the tassels, he's got the fur, he's got some other elements I put in there. And um, there's some elements even in his helmet that I, I uh, borrowed from Conan the Barbarian. 
oh. if you remember uh, Thulsa Doom's, uh, he, you know, the character Thulsa Doom played by um, James Earl Jones. Yeah. He, yeah. They have this kind of, I don't know what, I don't know if you can see the the decorations of the runes and stuff on the side of his face mm -hmm. on the helmet, like a leather kind of thing. I, I borrowed some of those themes from the costumes of that movie. Very Just cool. that 80s sci-fi fantasy vibe. I was really trying to keep it going. <laughs> the best. <laughs> Because Dragonlance is 80s fantasy to me. It still is, it you know, is. and I love it. And I want to embrace it and bring that out, you know. Uh, modern fantasy sometimes, I, it just doesn't speak to me like the old stuff does. So I want to, you know, new technology and art, but old, older style motif, right? Absolutely. Very, very cool. And here mm -hmm. we get to see the details of variations. Ooh, mm -hmm. I like the, the face mask part, the metal. That's cool. Yeah, well, quite often in the story, they describe, you know, the dragon high lords watching things through the slits in their eyes. And, yeah. you know, uh, I'm reading Test of the Twins right now with Ooh, my that's, daughter, that's and it describes Katara, you know, her eyes narrowing in the slits of her dragon helm. So yeah, I thought I'd throw that in there, but I didn't want to go with the, the designs that had already been done, like Verminard and Katara. So I, I thought maybe more of a face plate, something to... You know, you still hide his face, but you can still see more of his eyes. Cool. Mm -hmm. That looks great, man. Yeah. See. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Everyone loves Flint. Flint's great. <laughs> I just finished reading Dragons of Dwarven Depths, and oh, yeah. uh, I hadn't read that before, and it was fun. It was different. Mm -hmm. And uh, one thing that occurs to me, they describe Flint as this, um, you know, all white hair, really, really old. And if you read the old module in the little notes, it, his age, they, the equivalent would be 54 years old. And that's not like grandpa old, he can't adventure old. It's just, a, you know, near the end of his adventuring. And they, they kind of always describe him as this like long white beard. And I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, Flint, he's old, but he can still swing an axe and do his thing, right? So that's why I gave him a little salt and pepper going on. He still, he still can, uh, he's still a threat. Yeah, we've both got a little bit of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we don't go down the path of Flint. <laughs> you know, the heart attack, <laughs> yes, this is true. So, and this guy, I was trying to incorporate some of his, oh, we lost it, but uh, just, um, you know, in the old Larry, Larry Elmore, it, it's described as him with studded leather armor, but he has sort of a Roman skirt going on. And I, I kind of ditched that and went for just a leather, you know, a, a, I don't know what the vest type yeah. garment with some studs in it but i still kept that x sort of harness that he wore with that he has that chest plate piece of armor i don't know what round roundel i don't know if that's the term for it but yeah i try to keep some of the old design but update it it kind so of reminds have... me of um how they presented duggan Redhammer, who's the sort of the avatar of reorks the god whenever okay. he's shown he has those uh big old fluffy pants he you know he's like this mm -hmm. luxuriant luxurious mm -hmm. dressed dwarf and mm -hmm. like that's kind of what the vibe i'm getting off of it almost like a like a pirate vest or something that you've got mm -hmm. here which is kind of cool well did you have you read the art of the dragonlance book of course yeah. i have, I have. <laughs> in there they at the beginning of it it shows some of the earliest concepts of the characters and there's some watercolor illustrations by larry elmore that's and awesome. one of them i think that is the the source for that description of Dugan Redhammer. You know, it's the guy, it's like a dwarf with a big hat with a feather yeah. or plumes coming out of it. And I'm, 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 that must be the source. Like, like almost I'm, three musketeers like. Yes, I, that must be the, the source for Reorks. And uh, that's what I enjoyed about Dragons of Dwar Dwarven Depths is that Reorks is, there's more of him in it. So mm -hmm. we see him 
interacting with Flint and you get more of a sense of what a dwarf god would be like, which is cool because, you know, it's mostly Paladine and Tachysis in the books and yeah. Meshackle a little bit, but it's mostly that. So to see all the other gods and their take on things and it gave me more, more insight into dwarven culture, which was pretty neat. It was nice. It was a nice sort of um, thing to add to it. That's the part I really liked about it is it gave it like with with Middle Earth, you have Khazad-dûm, which, you know, you, mm -hmm. the Mines of Moria and everything, this, like, massive underground dwarven kingdom, and we have that with Dragonlance and Thorbarden, and a couple other ones as well, but, mm -hmm. like, with Thorbarden, it's, like, you know, it's like this metropolis underground, mm -hmm. and no one mm -hmm. really ever talked about it in any version of depth until we got that Dwarven Depths novel, and mm -hmm. then you really get the sense of how these different dwarven clans exist in this underground kingdom that mm -hmm. is so much more vast than the modules ever presented. It's mm -hmm. very, very cool. I, I love it so much. I always thought of it as a one big city, yep. not several cities <laughs> yeah. under the mountain. And that's what kind of blew me away when I'm reading it. And uh, also in the modules, there's hints, they describe that there's other dwarven realms up in the north somewhere. Yeah. So it makes me wonder if they're related, if they're good dwarves up there, bad dwarves, like... Uh, that's a whole other realm that we could start talking about or exploring. Oh, dude, there's it's so great. There's so um, I, I believe Kalen was annexed from the Salamians for dwarves uh, for their own little kingdom up there, and that's in in Salamia, southern Salamia, right above the Banasinia. And then mm -hmm. over in um, uh, like south of the Taman Busic is Zikar, which is right mm -hmm. next to Kerr, and those are like the evil um dwarves over there and they've got their own like huge kingdom but there's a lot of Kalthaxes, which is like it's called cold forge but when the dwarves migrated south upon creation you know they were originally gnomes um mm -hmm. and depending on which version of the history you want to <laughs> adhere to because it varies throughout the years of dragonlands but they just mm -hmm. created new kingdoms all the way south from Anselon down to Thorbard and then back up and then they went and tried to find their original old kingdom and it's really really in depth there's a a whole um box set called dwarven mm -hmm. kingdoms of kryn which goes into incredible detail about hmm. dwarves it's very very cool one more thing for me to look up yeah it's, <laughs> it's seemingly endless but there there is an end to, <laughs> to all the source material i'm not oh, sure i'm not cool. convinced raggard oh, king or Ragged yeah Nug. yeah i kind of i think i showed you some of these yeah. as the just the drawings the last time but i went ahead and finished these characters and instead of him having a frost reaver, I figured he made himself a frost mace. Oh, nice. You know, it's, you know why not? If he, if he can, he still has to fight. He's a cleric. You know, why not make himself a tool using the same materials? Yeah. And because uh, they describe him a little bit, it depends. There's varying degrees of how they describe him, either as like an old man covered in furs or as a competent tracker or, mm -hmm. you know, but he's an important member of the community. And you would think he would, I mean, in such a violent, dangerous community, you think he would have some kind of weapons to defend himself so yeah for sure but uh, i didn't depict them as inuit you know covered in furs and that i i, I depict them more as kind of vikingish that sort of that vibe that's cool i dig it i never really thought about the like earth version ethnicity that would connect with them before mm -hmm. until you just mentioned inuit and then i'm like well wait a second would they i don't know it's well i think of them as people left over from the cataclysm so only yeah. 300 years and tarsus was a huge trading center with yeah. a vast amount of population and i i don't really i don't know if the earth like our reality analog really works you know like and uh 
they would be like same with the plainsmen like uh, gold moon and riverwind i don't imagine them as first nations peoples i imagine them as uh what's left of the citizens of zach zaroth that have kind of their culture has sort of interesting uh, yeah i don't i don't see them as, like as you know they've always been plains people chasing yeah. buffalo i don't i think of them more as like a a civilization you know that has lost so much of their technology and their culture because uh, everyone lost after the cataclysm and then they rebuilt and i i don't see them as like they have villages and and permanent settlements so they're yeah. they're the analogy to so i grew up in the plains of uh, north america here and the first nations people here they traveled constantly yep. to follow the the food sources uh, so it doesn't make sense like to me in my brain it just no it doesn't make sense that what they're describing doesn't match with the reality that I know. And I think it's more interesting about, you know, cultures that have failed and, mm -hmm. and rebuilt and came into something new and it adds more layers of depth to them. Yeah. Cause I, I don't know. I could talk all day about this. I type love, of that's, that's, that's my bag, man. I, I love ancient human culture and, and mm -hmm. development. And, and like once one people's died out, another people's migrated, found their structures and just took them over. I love it. <laughs> I mean, you know, you build on top of them and it explains why we have such vastly different construction methods at individual sites in South America, all over South America and, and the Middle East and stuff where the technology, it seems, was infinitely better originally. And then when people came later after some sort of global catastrophe to, to build on those existing structures, you then see that they're not as good as they were. Mm. And because just like the Plains people, they, they were trying to recover after 300 years of, of darkness, you know? Mm -hmm. I love that view of, of the Plains people that you project because they did have mud structures. Like they had solid buildings mm -hmm. and stuff. And that's something that you don't, you don't see a lot of indigenous peoples doing if they were really like the plains tribal type exactly people. exactly interesting you know riverwind fights with the sword and <laughs> you know yeah. metalworking that kind of thing it's like you need to have a permanent settlement if you're going to have a blacksmith to make something like that you know unless they trade you know like there's just a lot of stuff you know I, i'm probably overthinking it but you know it, <laughs> this is my version so this mm -hmm. is how i imagine it yeah, yeah. so Ooh, it, this is lorana yeah this is new yeah, I wanted to do every time we see Lorana, it's always her and her hero outfit, her armor. Yeah. And we we never get to see her for the she doesn't get that armor until the end of the second book. Mm -hmm. And for the most of it, most of it she's described as just wearing chainmail. And in the right. book, they say when she goes to Sancrist that she's wearing leather armor. And uh, you know, I I decided to, you know, she, she's similar, she's an elven princess who ran away from home, but she still has her her sword and her her armor like she has basic equipment and she's a fighter she's a competent fighter too so i wanted to depict her as the elven princess runaway not not the you know the golden general yeah. uh and that's something we never get to see and i like the idea of costume changes throughout you know like it's an adventure that spans a year they're going to change their shoes every once yeah. in a while and that's the other thing i mean you know there's sort of the comic aspect of how these characters are presented it is very mm -hmm. much well this is their outfit always show them in that outfit it's mm. gonna get stinky really quick yeah, <laughs> like after yeah. a week you're gonna want to yeah, change your I, breeches <laughs> or it gets you know they're in fights and they yeah, they take a, a sword hit from a draconian and it's gonna cut your clothes so you're gonna have to mend it or get something yeah. new to replace it i like that you know i like that lived in and it just adds more depth to the story and that's something dragonlance doesn't really have or hasn't had a lot of is yeah. that 
like I'm coming at it more from a cinematography kind of point of view, but um, yeah. I like adding those layers to it. And so here's just some of the characters. These are the NPCs from the Dragons of Ice, and then my version of a Thanoi. Mm -hmm. Nice, scary walrus people. Yeah, yeah. It's weird how they describe them. In you know, they they swim, they live in the water, yet they they don't need tools, but they can carry tools. And I'm trying to yeah. think of how walrus guys would you know, swim with an ax strapped to them, right? Like it's they're scary weird. and powerful enough just as is. They don't need weapons and tools. So, yeah, and this imagine. is, this is the lineup of all the heroes, as I say, you know, so just sort of for scale, how they all kind of look next to each other. And that's great. That's very cool, man. Oh yeah. Yep. Sturm, that took a lot of time. <laughs> look at the detail in that armor. Oh, I spent forever agonizing over this guy, and I finally feel like I, I got it. He's the first one I started with, mm -hmm. and I, I hit a roadblock with his armor, and I just had to stop and move on to someone else. And, it, you know, I'm glad, because then I came back to it with better perspective on how things are. But, uh, yeah, you know, I've made a couple changes. I made his sword a great sword, not a two-handed longsword. Yeah. Um, it's weird, because they describe that in the books, he's got a sword and shield, right? But... In the modules and the games even, he's got a two-handed sword. He doesn't have a shield and a big honking two-handed sword. And I wanted to go back to that. I kind of wanted to make the bright blade a little more outstanding. Like mm -hmm. it's, I mean, it's a powerful weapon. It's a two-handed sword plus three. Um, and it, I mean, I don't know if you, like, I, if you sword fight or if you, you fence or anything, but I've actually been studying a uh, German longsword. So now oh, I'm whoa. a bit of a sword nerd. <laughs> and uh, to me, the difference between a longsword and a two-handed sword is a big deal. And uh, I wanted to show him with a two-handed sword. And uh, I think it makes him look – it makes him stand out more. He looks less of a generic knight yeah. and more like, you know, the hero he is. That's cool. Yeah, um, in later editions, they they qualified it as a hand-and-a-half sword. Mm -hmm. So like a bastard sword where that the handle it, – it was a very long blade but could be wielded one-handed. But you also could do it two-handed as well. Mm -hmm. I actually like two hand the look of two handed swords personally better for warriors. <laughs> I just think it's it's kind of it gives you first of all it gives you distance away from your enemy, which mm -hmm. is really mm -hmm. important. Mm -hmm. But um, it's just you know more powerful swings and it's just kind of it makes him a tank. Yeah. It really makes him a, a a tank. And for the heroes, if you look at the party, Carmen is kind of described as the tank, but he's not really like he's if you look at his stats, like he hits hard, but he doesn't have big powerful weapons and a lot of armor. Sturm, plate mail, two-handed sword. I mean, he's the tank of of the the team. So uh, I wanted to show him that way. Like you don't, you're not going to get by this guy easily or get yeah. close to him easily. Yeah. Whoa! I never thought we'd see Sturm nipples. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome, Internet. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, when you're concepting guys, you want to show them what do yeah. they look like in the various stages of their costume, right? And I was playing with the idea of him starting off the adventure as a squire so by the end of you know he, when he becomes a full knight that's when he gets his full suit right yeah. um and and that, you know that was sort of what you can see with the first three images that's you know in his undergarments his basic clothing and then you know some pieces of armor his sword and his helmet and you know stuff that he got that was left over from his dad but you know later when he becomes a knight i was thinking if you go i guess it'd be the fifth image on the right that would be him 
getting the rest of his stuff, and then he's appointed what the leader of the Knights of the Crown for the Battle of the High Claris Tower. So he looks more. I think if if this was ever to be shot as a movie, that would be a more obvious cue to the viewers that there's been a progression for Sturm as a character and his his status as a knight. I thought it'd be a very obvious visual, mm -hmm. but seeing him in his plate armor throughout the adventure also, I mean, he, it makes him stand out a lot from the rest of the, the team. So, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, hey, thanks for tuning in. That's wild. Good to see you. Derek, what is up? Yeah. Give him a kilt and he's a Scottish warlord. That's <laughs> well, I mean, talking about cinematics, we, I mean, we're already almost halfway into this conversation. Um, we had talked about maybe storyboarding a scene. Yeah. You want to you want to dive into that? Yeah, sure. I'll just uh share my screen here and then uh Whoa, will... infinity. Whoa, what happened there? <laughs> Am I sure? <laughs> okay. Now can you see this? There, let's go back to it. I just wanted to stop infinity. Yep, I got you. Okay. All right. Sorry about the infinity no. time warp, guys. Um let's do time warp again. Yeah. That's good. Okay, so I'm going to uh we're just going to, you know, draw whatever. Oh. So you and I had spoken, um, whoa, all right. We had we spoken go. before about possible scenes that we wanted <clears> to, <throat> to sort of look through. And one of them I thought um, was really interesting that was brought up was uh, Bacchus when he delivers Derek Crownguard and another um, fallen knight's body to the High Claris Tower to deliver terms to, well, ostensibly Sturm and Lorana and Flint as they're sort of looking over in the night uh, of this, you know, sort of snowy evening moment. And mm -hmm. it, I mean, it's, it's a moment that is, I think, can be really, really cinematic because not only is Bacchus relying on the Knights of Salamnia to keep their honor so that they don't strike him down dead, while he's delivering and mocking them, delivering these bodies and mocking the Knights of Salamnia while he's doing it. He certainly doesn't expect Lorana to hit him with an arrow in the arm, basically making it so he could never wield a sword with that arm again. Mm -hmm. And it was just such a brilliant scene because, I mean, if you, if you, if you think about this, they're up high in the High Claris Tower on this wall, right? Looking down. It's incredibly dark. It's nighttime. It's snowy. And so you have that sort of, you know, whenever it's actively snowing, it's infinitely quieter because, the, you know, sound does not reflect off of anything. And it just sort of like is tamped down a little bit. So you got this really great evening shot. The only light you're going to have is off of the single torch that Bacchus is using in this stark darkness. And so it's mm -hmm. going to be illuminating falling snow and it's going to have this nice soft glow all about it. So he's walking up, you're here riding up, you're hearing the horse breathing and the horse hooves crunching in the snow. Um, so, so how do we describe this visually? Cause you're describing, so how do you see it in your mind's eye frame way, like frame wise? Right. So are you, is it start, is it black and all like, so imagine this whole screen's black, right? right. And maybe we're just seeing, in the distance, this light, and it's slowly moving towards the camera. Yeah. And then as it gets closer, we're then, you know, we're starting to see Bacchus, you know, he's holding his torch, right? And he's on, he's on the back of a horse coming towards us. Is that what you're, you're yeah. describing? Or? Yeah. So, and I would even think it's from up above from the wall of the High Claris Tower looking down. So it's almost pure blackness with that tiny little glint of light. 
in the far below distance. And as it's getting closer, that light is added to the existing torches on the outside wall of the High Claris Tower. And so he's slowly moving in. You're just getting that crunch, crunching the clang of all the armor of his horse. And the bodies are draped across the saddle, probably behind him, across the horse's back. And uh, he's, you know, you just, it's, it's just this night shot, slow and quiet. And the only sound is ambient sound. No one's talking or anything because no one knows what it is. And then they call out to him, you know, like sort of that who goes there moment. So something, so, what am I doing here? Something like, like this, like, so is this, this would be the tower yeah. wall. Yeah. So we're, we're just seeing a hint of the parapet. Maybe would we see someone, someone's head maybe, or like yeah, how? I don't see why not. Probably Sturm. Cause he's the one sort of on, you know, commanding on watch. Okay. So we're seeing the over shoulder, you know, so we're seeing Sturm's shoulder here. Okay, everybody remind, this is just rough, right? These are just yeah. roughs. <laughs> we're having fun. So we're seeing, we're seeing this, you know, just over his shoulder, what's going on. Maybe there's like a, he's holding, would he hold his own torch or would he be holding his, his spear or, you know, a flag I would imagine the walls would have torches in them, but right. you know, as far as like uh, cinematically, it might be interesting for him almost leaning the torch out as if it could help him see who it is coming up. Well, that might almost be interesting for a frame where, you know, a cut, right? So maybe we see up here. We're looking up now at the tower, yeah. right? Up well, the we walls. have to have those dynamic shots, you know, separating yeah. the two. So he first sees them. He, um, Sturm on the wall is seeing that light torch come down. Then we shoot down on Bacchus's view. I would even not even have it on him. He, it's just on the ground itself looking up. And then he enters the frame and walks past the frame, the camera. So we see his horse moving from the ground, looking up that extreme. Okay, so we're... We're just seeing the horses. For, okay, I, you lost me. <laughs> it's okay. So let's okay. say the camera is 100 feet away from the wall looking up at it, kind of okay. like what you have right here. And okay. then the camera's position is just on the ground. And so Bacchus on horse is walking past maybe to the left or the right of that camera toward the wall. Okay, so camera's say here. Yeah. And we're seeing just uh, just like a, a worm's eye view of Bacchus yeah. like that. Yeah. So he's kind of walking this way and he's got maybe there's a horse head just coming into frame. Yeah, I like, like that. Like that. So Guiding we just see this. You know, he's got his big dragon, his horns, and he's walking. You know, he's pulling this. Here's the reins here. We're not quite seeing what's going on. Um, would he even be carrying a sword or any kind of weapon in this hand or his own torch, right? He'd have his own yeah, torch. Yeah, he has his own torch. Okay. So we got this torch here. And that's sort of this casting light. And yeah. so he comes pretty close to the tower. And yeah. we see, you know, all so kinds Laron of people. is up there. He probably can't make out who it is he's talking to, but mm -hmm. he knows it's probably the commander. So there'd be light. There'd be, you know, maybe some torn some torn flags, you know, oh, yeah. banners flying in the wind, that kind of thing. So this would be parafit kind of going that. So yep. the, the frame's going that way. Uh, is there a gatehouse at this point in the yeah, I mean, there's a huge gate. There's a number of gates into the the um, mm -hmm. High Claris Tower, actually. Yeah, would he be coming towards a gate? Like, would that be the place yeah, he would go? Yeah, because, I mean, he's expecting to hand off the corpses. So Right, right. Okay, so there'd be a gate here, so we have some framing. He's coming in that way. Yeah. That You know, the camera's down here, so, you know, it's a little more dramatic. We see the approach, 
and maybe he would he would come in so so here's one frame one right mm -hmm. or part of it and then uh we'll do another one where he's even closer you know yeah. he's moved in yeah and and then um i like him moving right past the camera so he's now in front looking up because he doesn't enter the the high clarence tower at all it's really just he's he stops in front of it and he just starts basically delivering the corpses and mocking the knights of slamney at the same time see if we do this now we can kind of see the bodies yeah one he of them's headless in. yeah there's there's derek who's in the foreground you know maybe this one's derek and this one's headless right yeah. we can see i mean that's pretty gruesome to see a headless yeah. corpse but you know this is uh this war. is a pretty pretty violent it's war you know this thing these things happen right would you have anything um it makes me wonder would these horses are these the knight's horses would this be derek's horse he's bringing it in on no i imagine it's just his because he needs to ride it back he doesn't want to walk all the way back okay to his camp well, i thought he came in with two horses one for each Ooh. corpse um i'm not sure I mean, I well, that's just notes a... here. It doesn't really matter at this point, but no, just no. for cinematics. Uh, right. So we've just got this real strong. But he like just throws them on the ground, the corpses. He like delivers them. And they're, you know, calling. Uh, he's like uh, looking. Well, I'll just read it right here. I brought back your officers. One is quite dead, as you can see. The other, I believe, still lives or he died or he did when I started my journey. I hope he's still living so that you can recount for you what took place on the field of battle today, if you could even call it a battle. So, yeah, he's just talking, like mocking. He's like, yes, you could kill me now. I'm a fine target, even in this fog. But you won't. Your Knights of Salamnia. And your honor is your life. You won't hmm. shoot an unarmed man, return the bodies of your leaders. And you're just... So I like the idea of we see him from far away walking, approaching hmm. the tower. We see him down from below going past the camera to the tower and then he stops right where he is right there calls up to them saying that it would be nice if we could get like just you know like a 12 foot high in front of him view of him looking up into the camera's eye um, mm -hmm. with you know the bodies behind him and stuff on the horses just talking to them yeah so so kind of something like this he's got his torch in one hand with the light yeah. and then he's looking up at the knights gesturing yeah. you know i brought your corpses you know st standing defiantly and because he's the villain right yeah i mean he's in charge of the blue dragon army at this moment so it's you know, mm -hmm. he's been given so, authority by kitty Ara. we want to see him you know we want to see a lot of him here mm -hmm. so maybe we, we won't see too much of the bodies yet maybe that would be another cut yeah I like right that. so or we can see you know one guy's head here a horse the back of the horse here you know, there's there's definitely the horses they're in the background here so he's brought them we can see them but we're not yeah. quite the reveal isn't here yet right there's yeah the reveal's got to shock us the reveal's got to be like oh like it's dark you know these horses are too big but yeah, I question how to reveal this because the you have to show the bodies. One of them's supposed to be alive still in order to relay the horror that it went through trying to go against the dragon army. The other one is beheaded, clearly dead. You're going to have, you know, the blood's going to be frozen and crystallized. Maybe it, 
you know, it's, it's been a while since the battle, so it wouldn't be actively dripping or anything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when, when he approaches and he just says, Hey, you know, I've got these bodies here for you. One of them was alive when I left. Then you get that shot, that close up mm-hmm. gruesome shot of the bodies. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here we could see, I mean, I'm a, I'm a horror fan. And so I, I love the gore aspect of it. I hey, how want... do you see this frame then? How do you, how do you want to, how do you imagine this? Like, so where is the camera going to be? Is it going to be right in there? Like you're standing between I mean, maybe the two the horses? maybe the camera moves in past um, him. Like he talks and says he has the, the corpses and then the camera moves past him and just zooms in on the bodies themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe okay. even it pans down a little bit to get like eye level and it just shows the bodies draped over. Okay, so maybe he's here, right? And now the camera's right in here and then here's the... So these boxes sort of indicate yeah. like where the horse is, right? right. And uh, we got one really close. <clears throat> so we can see, you know, close up. Maybe we can see, um, you know, this would be the headless corpse here, yeah. right? So I mean, there's, there's got to this... be like the, the armor has been cut to hell. You know, maybe it's even hanging off and like an epilot's like just flopped over, hanging on by a piece of leather strap or something. Okay. There's a lot yeah. of blood just sort of staining, not only their own, you know, you got to have goblin blood and stuff like that. Um, draconians. Is draconian blood green? Sure. Or black? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I like that. I was just trying to think of framing here. So we got the, the horse here. Here's the body, one body. Yeah. This is the saddle. And it's going to have like holes in it. And maybe it even still has a, you know, piece of a broken arrow out of the back oh, yeah. or something. That's cool. Something we can indicate that okay, this is this is how one of the ways this guy died. I mean, yeah. they don't really describe it the battle itself, just that it was a slaughter. Yeah. So I imagine this. So here's one apple, and this one maybe is just hanging off by a piece. The one shoulder pad's just kind of hanging there. Yeah. And this is the the bloody stump. With your blood. Yeah. <laughs> there. So I think it would be probably more interesting to see a blood-soaked, um, like a blood-stained saddle and like the blanket rather than actively seeing any blood moving out. Because again, he did travel mm-hmm. through cold climates and battle was a while ago, so his heart's not pumping that blood anymore. So it'd mm-hmm. be, you know, clotted and stuff. But just seeing that gore and, and maybe even you see like a piece of the bone of the spine or something. Just something super disgusting, which is great. Okay. Uh, and then this one here, this would be Derek. Hey, Michael, thanks for tuning in live. Yeah. So there's Derek kind of, he's hanging there. His arms maybe would even be bound just because he's not quite dead yet. Because yeah. he's still alive. Yep. And just further humiliation that he would be, you know, bound and brought back on the... God, yeah, that'd be great because... Like if he was bound from underneath, like his mm-hmm. feet were bound underneath to his hands under the horse's belly. Oh, oh, that's good. He was like that's wrapped good. around. I've never seen that. I don't. I don't know if I've ever seen that. I don't know. I'm gonna have to do it. Who wants to be our okay. guinea pig? You gotta get some shots. <laughs> okay. There's <laughs> Derek. But just like you know, he's in this moment of delirium. Like he's not even fully consciously awake. He just like in and out of consciousness. Oh, God. He deserves it, though, this guy. I'm not a fan <laughs> of Derek Cramgard. Yeah, he uh, 
he, he's a pretty he i mean it's funny how he just goes crazy at the end yeah like totally crazy so hey roughly, thanks for tuning in he's tied in there there's the horse here's the horse's legs yeah right and uh there's the saddle pommel and then we see the other horse maybe it's it's not even it couldn't be bothered it's just you know i'm gonna i'm gonna nibble on the ground and it's looking for uh something to eat it it could care less that it's got a dead uh, guy on his back right yeah it's a trained horse (laughs) yeah it's a war horse yeah whatever (laughs) so something like that so We've got that, and then Bacaris is kind of right, yep. you know, in the foreground. Maybe we we can zoom this in. I mean, it could be foreshortened too, so he's completely out of focus, and the mm-hmm. only focus is on the closest corpse with Derek in softer focus. You know, so it's just this extreme foreshortened, almost like a Zack Snyder type shot, like something like this, like yeah. right up there. Okay, and then yeah, Derek's in the background. Hey, Ryan, thanks then, for tuning. So then we got this guy. He's just just goading on the knights. Yeah, just goading. You're not going to get me. You have your stinking coat of honor. Yeah, yeah. I would be an easy kill if you wanted to do it. I'm right here, but I know you're not going to. And then this is where we get like there's got it's not in the book, but there's Mm got to be a moment where there's just side talk up on the battlement where they're Mm -hmm. just like, I can't believe this guy. Like, no, we can't do anything. You know, we, you know we can't attack. He's bringing the, the, the corpses in. You know, Derek might still be alive. And then uh, at one point, you just hear like that sound of uh, a wooden arrow sliding out of the mm-hmm. sheaf and then knocking and the bowstring cracking as it, she draws it back. And I want to get that shot that is that sort of over the shoulder from Lorana shot of her drawing the bow back. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know. What's more cinematic? Seeing her pull back and aim down at Bacchus or just seeing the arrow hit him as a surprise? I think it, it's more cinematic to say, okay, because he's sitting there being all cocky and then all of a sudden, thump, arrow yeah. hits him. And then camera pans up and there's Lorana standing defiantly on the battlements like, you know. Yeah. Uh, you I'm know. not a knight. <laughs> yeah, that, that might be a little more... Because um, there's a point in the... In, if I recall correctly, where it seemed like their morale wavered. Like Bra- mm-hmm. Bacaris was getting to them. Like yeah. he had kind of broken them, turned the tide in a way. And that's when Lorana's action reinvigorated the Knights, yep. right? Yep. So maybe we should show a little bit more dramatic tension, okay. like a, a moment where the Knights, you know, they're, they're crestfallen, they're they're unhappy, they're, they're debating amongst each other. So yeah. um, now how would we show, would we show like, so Bacaris just, t- he's talking to Sturm. Is Sturm, or do we want to see a shot of Sturm, like maybe a close up of him? you know, kind of grimly debating or like... Yeah, what almost we... having an inner monologue moment, you know, just mm-hmm. sort of like looking down and just sort of like not even looking at anything, just sort of staring down in the darkness. Because ultimately mm-hmm. when when Bakaris grabs... Now I'm even saying it differently. When he grabs mm-hmm. the corpse and he throws it down, he has to drop his torch and then it gets dark. Mm-hmm. And that's at the point where Lorana actually hits him in the darkness. And so mm-hmm. it's going to be like super dark and blue hues. And, you know, it's going to be kind of hard to see, but the light is going to be up, up there on the battlement. So if we get a shot right before that, just of mm-hmm. Sturm, and maybe it's one of those shots where it's um, just away and below, and then it zooms in and sort of pans around Sturm. And we just get this sort of uh, 180 view of Sturm as he's looking down and we can just see him working out 
options in his head and the grittiness okay. of it. Well, describe that to me. So, I mean, I'm just drawing a side view of him yeah. kind of looking down. Well, that's where the camera, I think, could end really well. You know, up behind him, maybe you see another knight um, talking to someone else, or maybe you see Lorana behind him or something. But we just get this really tense look of him, and maybe he's just, um, you know, they like to, like, twist their mustachios. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I've it. got him. He's, he's, you know, he's got his, there's the mustache, something's going on here. He's yeah. sort of figuring something out and maybe there's another knight standing beside him looking directly at Sturm. Yeah, he's like looking what are we at him, do, waiting boss? to see what he's going to say. You know, what 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 do you what's going on Sturm? Mike looking to his commander for some kind of signal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and in this moment it's it's just I don't even know if it needs any dialogue or anything. It's just we have mm -hmm. to have that established shot of Sturm recognizing I can't do anything. I can't mm -hmm. hurt this asshole who just brought you know, the corp. I didn't like Derek Crownguard, but he is mm -hmm. a fellow knight, and it's my duty to, uh, you know, avenge him if possible, but I can't mm -hmm. do it now. What are my options? I don't want to open the gate and let backers in. Like, you know, mm -hmm. we have to figure something out. He, he delivered terms of surrender. Like, I can't surrender to this. So if we just have that shot and then you have the questioning look of the other knights by him, that will give us that inner tension of maybe they want him just to kill. Um, mm -hmm. backers just to get even just to just to have that vengeance mm -hmm. but Sturm being the true knight that you know the only true knight out there basically um, he's not going to let that happen and yeah I just I think it's nice to have that grim moment of him just sort of maybe mm -hmm. even he looks back over at his friends his companions not mm -hmm. you know not to ask them anything but just to sort of look like you know I can't do anything mm -hmm. you know Flint would be talking smack like given the option Flint and Tasselhoff too. If I can't remember if he was on the battlement or not, to be honest. But anyway, yeah, they were. They were standing beside him. Yeah, they would before definitely it happened. Be talking. Flint was whittling, and I think was Tasselhoff sleeping, or was he? Yeah, I think he was sleeping because he was exhausted after the the first initial wave of combat. Right. I think. Uh, yeah, so it's I don't thick remember. fog, and it wasn't actively snowing, but it is snow on the ground. Okay. Um, but anyway, um, so yeah, we have this really great establishing shot providing curiosity and stuff mm -hmm. and then what i really like the idea is is having that darkness shot of baccarus where it's just immediate the camera like cuts over to him he's mm -hmm. just dragged down a body and then out of nowhere you see this and then his body reacts before we mm -hmm. even understand what that sound was um, mm -hmm. and then we like as like we're on the shoulder view of him right like the camera is mm -hmm. on his shoulder then we see the arrowhead come through it as it's all he's like ah and screaming and we mm -hmm. follow the camera shot of where the arrow came from right up to Lorana still okay. like with the bow in her hand looking down at him and just zooms right up to her as fast as the arrow came down and her just standing there so here's his his arm right so he's kind of like reaching to his arm in pain I'm thinking right yeah. so we've got He's like, ah, what happened? And boom, there's the arrow. Like it just went in. Maybe it sunk in all the way too or something, right? <laughs> yeah, just, it's got to be bad. It got like it's, it's, it incapacitates him. So, but she, she got him right in that chink in his armor because he's mm -hmm. got those giant shoulder pads. If he, if his armor is anything like Katara's, right? Yeah. So he got these giant shoulder pads and he's, he's like, ah, what's going on? And his arm has now been incapacitated. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's uh, written here as 
Suddenly, there was a twang of a bow, the thunk of an arrow striking into flesh, and the sound of startled swearing from below them. The knights turned around to stare in astonishment at a lone figure standing on the wall, a bow in its hand. I am not a knight, Lorana calls out, lowering her bow. I am Lorlant the Lassa, daughter of Quilinesty. We elves have our own code of honor, and I am sure you know I can see you quite well in the darkness. I could have killed you. As it is, I believe you will have some difficulty using that arm for a long time. In fact, you may never hold a sword again. <laughs> and then Sturm, you know, he's just smiling at her. Mm -hmm. Take that as our answer to your high lord. Just whunk. And we have so. to have that really close-in shot of Lorana's face as she's delivering that line. Because mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. is, you know, proud. I am a Kualinisti. I'm a princess. I am not a knight. You know? Just yeah, revenge. I could definitely see it like, um, uh, whoops. A, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? It's definitely like um, a dramatic, like a worm's eye view shot. Like, here we are. That's like Lorana right up yeah. front and center in the camera, right? Yep. Here she is, but the camera will have to maybe like so we, we see a shot into the arm and then maybe some kind of either a cut or like a whip pan. And then we see like I, I imagine something where it's a cut and then the camera follows and goes all the way up. So you yeah. see that, you know, so it's a long shot, mm -hmm. right? So there's, you know, several frames here. And we see Bakaras, he gets shot here, right? Yep. So here's Bakaras, boom, he gets shot. And then the camera goes up 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 and now we see Lorana up here on the tower with her bow right yep. and then we zoom in it just continue zooming in to her face right so it, it's the yep. same it's like one long shot but then there's a, there's a i don't know is that a it's like a crane type shot i guess right oh, so we're going sure. up up yeah. up you can probably and do then, it with a drone nowadays but yeah <laughs> that's true yeah so now we're seeing Lorana defiantly like you know shaking her fist at him or something like yeah. i am Lorana. as it's zooming as the the that crane shot is coming in on her face you see her just in that heroic pose with mm -hmm, her hair mm -hmm. blowing back through the fog she drops the bow arm a little bit to deliver her monologue yeah yeah she's got to have the flowing hair oh it's yeah. all about the flowing hair and oh, then yeah. she's got that big red banner on or that whatever that red tassel right. on top of her helmet yeah. you know yeah gotta see her up here so this is just a, a map of basically what we're seeing mm -hmm. But something like that. And uh, okay. So that that's sort of that shot. Now she's talking. And then there's the cut to Sturm now. You know, like you said, he he's looking at her. Does he turn over to her? And what is he doing? I think, um, yeah, I think he's, he's following the look of the camera too. He, you know, after, as the camera's going up, he's just turning his head over to her because it was a surprise to them as well. So he's like, hmm. you know, he like quickly turns over to her, sees exactly what happened as she starts speaking. You know, he mm -hmm. would never have done it. It's against mm -hmm. his code, but he, mm -hmm. he loves Lorana as a friend. He respects her as a leader. He just gets this warm smile and he looks back down defiantly. Give all answer to your high lord. Mm -hmm. So maybe we show the other guys like so Sturm and Flint and Tasseloff all kind of looking this way towards Lorana. Yeah. Like, so there, she does the shot. There's a pan. It goes up to her. And then we see their, these guys' reactions like, what? Yeah, what did like, you just do? Yeah. What? You know, there's some kind of, you know, Tasselhoff's probably like waving his arms around or something. Like, what's going on? <laughs> like tugging um, on like Flint's arm or something. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. Like pointing or something. And Flint's just, you know, he doesn't know what to make of it. And, and Sturm, he's a little more grim. 
you know, his hands on his hips or something like, I can't believe you just did that. <laughs> you know, something like that. Right. Um, so we got Sturm and his, 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 but they're all basically looking this way towards Lorana. Like yeah. what's going on? Maybe, um, well, we want the reaction. So, but the problem is because of how short the, you know, Tasselhoff and Flint are, we, if, if you want to have all of the characters faces in the frame, we have to, we can't get too close to them. Right. 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 So we'll have to, something like that. It's more of an, you know, more of establishing shot. Mm -hmm. So we're seeing what's going on there. And then is there a, from here, so we go, boom, they see it. Lorana made her statement. They look to Lorana, like what's going on? Does she, maybe she delivers another line and then Sturm turns or do they just look at her? There's like a pause. Does she respond to them? Do you, do you visualize like she just looks at them? I don't think, I think them? it's a very improv moment where they mm -hmm. are, they're looking to see if it was another knight who just mm -hmm. went against his code and couldn't hold himself back anymore. They realize mm -hmm. who it is and shock. And then, you know, just like joy almost even crosses mm -hmm. some of their faces. And I think it's a moment where she finishes her monologue, where they're looking at her sort of in awe and like just wonder. And then mm -hmm. that's when Sturm looks down and just delivers his you know final line. And that would close out the scene in my mind. Okay, so maybe we see Sturm over the shoulder speaking down to Bakaris, who's yeah. down here. Yeah. You know, leaning out over the parapet, telling him to, <laughs> yeah. you know, take a hike <laughs> kind of thing. Like, go back to your master and you got your answer. You know, something like that. Yeah, I dig it. Yeah, so then he's kind of something like this. And then um, the other knights kind of shaking their fists at him too. I imagine some of them are probably like cheering. You yeah, know? <laughs> but in or like laughing, a like ha, some yeah. kind of like they're they're they have more dignity, right? right. So they're you know they're, they're they're shaking their fists or they're you know banging their shields or they're doing something knightly. Yeah, yeah not quite. You know they're not because they're not the bad guys; they're the heroes. Mm -hmm. So they're doing something to goad them on, but something within proper etiquette, yeah. I guess, a yeah. way to you know belittle an enemy without being dishonorable because honor is everything for these guys right yeah. so something you know so we see a couple heads here we see the rest of the thing we see the parapet sturm leaning against it I mean, more aggressively maybe his you know take that and then bakara standing here he's probably you know i mean it's maybe he's on his knees in pain moment. right oh, like yeah, he's gotta be. you know just or what, stunned that it even happened in the first place yeah, like, yeah. And now he's starting to question, oh shit, am I going to die here? <laughs> like, yeah, did I just yeah, make like, a huge mistake? Would we see more of his reaction? Like, so after this, would we see like <clears throat> him looking up kind of like, or spitting on the ground in disgust or I'll get you guy? Like, how would he react? How would we see I that? think at this moment, he's got to be terrified. You know, not defined at all. I mean, he's got to get out of there before they allow her to kill him. Okay. So maybe we see him running away. Him from way up there in the dark. Mm -hmm. There's, yeah, he's screwed. There's nothing he yeah. could do, except so maybe him. he's running away now. We're yeah. seeing him kind of after know, the second away. body slumps on the ground. He just jumps on the horse, rears it around. Okay, I, I imagine him <laughs> not even getting thing. on the horse until after he's out of bow shot. Like he's getting out of there so fast, right? Oh, interesting. It's like a running mount, or maybe he just leaves the horses, so the horses are here, like. He, God, he's running away so fast. He doesn't care about the horse because he just he's gonna die because he's 
he's evil. He's a coward at heart anyways, yeah. right? Yeah. So maybe the horses are back here, the gates here, the tower, you know, something like this, right? Mm -hmm. And you can see all the knights up here, whatever. And then we see Bakaris. He's he's running away towards us. Yeah. Something a little more, you know, uh, just to show his self-serving nature. Yeah. You know, running away, scared, something like that. Like he's coming at us towards the viewer. Yeah. You know, and then would he be looking over his shoulder or would he be just looking away in terror? Like, oh. I think he would, he would be glancing back from time to time as he's running for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just looking sure. back over his shoulder because he's afraid someone's going to shoot him. Yeah. Because at this point, the, the knights are probably going down to collect the bodies. And so you're going to hear that gate chain rattling as it opens. Or oh, whatever okay. wheel or whatever, you know, opens it. And mm -hmm. so that's going to even terrifying them more. Because what, are they going to ride after me? You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, I got to get out of here. And I don't even <laughs> want to stay on this shot long. I, we just need mm -hmm. to get that establishment of he is not this super powerful person standing in defiance against Lorana. He is about to be killed and he needs to get out of Dodge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the arrows still stuck in his arm. Yeah. And so he's <laughs> got to be nursing that arm, you know? like holding Yeah, he's, on to he's got the one arm kind of dead now. And then he's got his other – he's holding his arm or gripping the wound. And there's this arrow sticking out of him here. Yeah. And he's running away. Can't get out like a bat out of hell. He's just trying to get out of there That's as right. fast as he can. Yeah. Maybe the next shot would be the gates opening, you know? Yeah. Like a little more – it's more solemn. Well, if, if you were to continue, right? right? Like so if we were going to do the next stage of the uh, – the uh the story they gotta there, maybe there'd be something dramatic about that or do we even need to see that would we just show them dragging Derek in yeah that's interesting um because the strength of the next is realizing that Derek is alive but mm -hmm. mad like completely out of his mind and mm -hmm. so maybe you know maybe it just cuts to uh you know 30 minutes an hour two hours later or whatever well maybe that's a, it that would be a different scene yeah for sure so, because we've got quite a bit, let's recap here. I don't. I know you only had an hour, so we don't yeah. want to take up too much more of your time. But I think we got some good bones here. You know, we've got Bakaris approaching, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, starting off, there's like a distance shot of him in the distance. You know, just yep. I almost imagine if you if you framed it, like sorry, that this would be. We wouldn't even see Sturm in them at first, right? We would just mm -hmm. see it'd be black. And then this character would come into focus. And then as the camera panned out, then we would see him in relation to yeah. the thing, right? So there'd be a combination of him moving within frame and the camera panning out. And then we have, you know, reverse where he's approaching the gates. And then here now he's talking to, you know, delivering his insults. <laughs> yeah. And then here, uh, this is, you remember, yeah. we can see the corpses up close yeah. now from behind. He's talking just – we want to – I think that when I – I'm going to – so what I'm going to do to anyone watching is I'm going to go back and redraw these and make them look better, right? And we're going to oh, cool. put a little bit of light into them and, and we'll try to show – I really want to kind of – the only light source really is going to be these torches, I think. Yeah. And we'll see – because that that'll really help play – I mean when if you go back to this one and if this is the only light source, this torch here, 
this is going to be dark. Everything around, it's going to be black. There's just going to be cast lighting on everything. And then the injuries and the blood will really pop, mm -hmm. right? Like the reflect, like, you know, the moisture. And then we'll have snow falling too. So it'll have that, you know, Game of Thrones kind of evil, the others kind of vibe maybe, right? Awesome, yeah. And then here we cut to, you know, Sturm contemplating his guys looking to him for guidance. And then here is the longer – I've kind of made a mess with my layer stack here. But do you ever have that when you mess around with Photoshop? Your layer stack just gets yeah. out of control? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, Alba, which uh, – yes, this is just a storyboard that we're sort of concepting at this moment. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so we've got the shot of uh, Baracus getting hit. And then we're going to – <laughs> yeah what's going on you know we'll make it more and then we're going to do this longer shot where you know it go it come starts with the shot in the arm and we're going to you know crane upwards towards the hero shot lorana and we'll pause on her for a beat i think just her standing there mm -hmm. you know the cape and the hair flowing in the <laughs> wind you know just that epic cheesy absolutely 80s shot that we would always see you know maybe there'll be a flash of lightning who knows right that'd be Something great cool. yeah and, you know, we got the wind blowing in the snow. Maybe there'll be a, you know, a heroic gust of wind. Something to really just dun-dun-dun. It pans with Ked Tasselhoff holding a fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, why not? And then, you know, we'll, it'll zoom into Lorana. She'll deliver her line. And then we see the reaction of, you know, the other heroes of the Lance. Like, Lorana, yeah. I guess Gilthinus is, well, in the book, Gilthinus isn't there. But in no, the, yeah. the module, he's there. But let's go with the book. So it's just these two, these three, and then we'll end with, you know, Sturm and the other night saying, you know, take a hike. We don't need your, uh, we don't need you guys. And then we just have the, the last frame, the last shot with Bakaris running away in terror, yeah. with an arrow sticking out of his arm. Maybe, I don't know, I'm going to play with his pose. Maybe he's sort of like hunched over, not, you know, with his back up. Like, well, I'll think of something, but this is the idea of, yeah. uh, so yeah, are you good like with? It. The... I think it's great. Yeah, cool. Hundred percent. Thanks, man. That's a lot of fun. Yeah, this has been great. I know. How do I get my camera back? Stop sharing. There we go. Whoa, camera just zoomed in. Let me. Uh... Oh, it's because um my camera's attached to my Cintiq, so oh, um. Gotcha. Yeah. So when I... now here we go. Yeah, I gotcha. So yeah, I'll take that and I'll rework it and do some uh, have some fun with it and polish it up and then uh, we can revisit next time that'd be dope that'd be awesome uh next week just for everyone watching so you know i'm not going to have one i'm going to be in mexico hopefully having a good time and not getting kidnapped by cartel so, <laughs> fingers <laughs> okay. crossed fingers but, uh, crossed you never know um so this is going to be it for the next two weeks uh mike this has been such a pleasure thank you so much for coming on and just riffing and showcasing your talents and just store boring these ideas with us Oh, it's been a lot of fun. I love it. I could I could do this stuff every weekend. It's uh, I I have not quite as much of a passion for Dragonlance as you, but you know, just a little bit less. Yeah. <laughs> but I can talk Dragonlance all the time, and uh, it's really a lot of fun to uh, storyboard these scenes and oh, just yeah. bring them to life and talk about them from a an and more in depth um, perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, as a real fan, I mean. I talk about these things. I think about these things. It's nice to work with other fans and talk about it and visualize it. And maybe we can come up with something that looks kind of neat. It'd be very cool. We just have to hand it off to Maganello so he can make it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe that's what we should do. We should find some way to get in touch with him and say, Hey, we've got great ideas. <laughs> is he actually going to make that? Or is that just a rumor? 
It's a, he said he's developing it. Not mm -hmm. every development goes through, so mm -hmm. who knows? Mm -hmm. He's been working on it since 2017 as a film, and that mm -hmm. fell through. So who knows? But I think um, you know. I mean, I, I can reach out to him and see if he's interested in coming on and, and just sort of riffing a little bit about what he thinks. I don't know that he would ever come on a tiny little podcast like this, but who knows? You never know. Yeah. Um, you know, might as well reach out and ask him. And uh, yeah, that'd be great. That'd be. That'd be really cool. I would like to see Dragonlance brought to the screen, mm -hmm. but done right. Yeah. I don't want it to be done. I mean, I'm I'm one of those fans. I, I'm really passionate about the IP, and I want it to be done respectfully. I don't want someone to bring in the IP and be like, okay, well, we're going to change it so dramatically that you don't recognize it. Right. You know? That's my fear is that like, mm -hmm. if, you, if you read the novels, you realize how gritty it is. Like mm -hmm. this is a grim, war-torn dystopian type world where you know we were just talking about the the how that the beheaded corpse is going to look like stuff like that was really you know those battle scenes if it's not like braveheart blood then mm -hmm. what's the point you know i mm -hmm. mean you have to have that gritty realism and mm -hmm. so if they try to pg-13 it up you're, it's just not going to do it justice you know people are mm -hmm. think it's a cutesy fantasy setting when in my mind i see Dragonlance closer to like conan than mm -hmm you know, what we got with the cartoon where it's all sort of cutesied up, you know, well, that, I don't that's mind where it humor came from. stuff, of course, but. Well, Tasselhoff and Flint, they'll provide the humor, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> they'll, they'll throw those moments in, but yeah, you're right. It, 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 if you look at the eighties stuff that was going on at the time, like Conan, Red Sonja, you know, Beastmaster, all of those types of movies, right? Mm -hmm. They had, they had that grittiness. They still have that little bit of that campiness going on, but it's dark and dirty and like, I think we could do it better if we took what we've learned from Game of Thrones and then yeah. apply it to forgot uh, to I almost said Forgotten Realms. Apply it to Dragonlance, yeah. and um, yeah, make it gritty. It's got to be gritty because uh, whenever they do high fantasy, they might try to go Lord of the Rings, lots yeah. of color and yeah. that kind of thing. And Dragonlance, it's it's dark, and uh, even the story, you know, Rasslin and Fist and Antlus, like that's a yeah. dark dark story yeah. and that's a really cool narrative that goes throughout you know several novels mm -hmm. and you know selling your soul and it doesn't really come in, you know it doesn't even come into fruition until the end of the books but all of these different plot threads could really 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 add some incredible depth you know it, but it takes someone who grasps it and it sounds like uh joe magnello understands dragonlance and respects that so hopefully it's in good hands yeah. but whenever you get you know, the the executive types, the Hollywood types, they're the ones that are going to, well, we need to make yeah, sure this demographic's it. covered and, you know, yeah. how are we going to sell action figures if the character dies too soon, you know? So we have to not let that happen. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. It'll be interesting. I'll reach out and we'll see. And then maybe okay, we can great. Just have a conversation with him and stuff. It'll be cool. Sure. Well, I'll send you the, uh, when I finish these drawings, I'll, I'll let you know. Oh, awesome. And so everyone watching this, um, you know, Mike will come back on and, and we'll showcase his work once uh, once he's in a place where he wants to show it. And and uh, we'll just sort of keep sharing our passion of Dragonlance with y'all. Thank you all so much for tuning in and uh, enjoying uh, watching Mike do his thing. I just <laughs> I love watching other artists. I, I think it's fantastic. Um, that is going to do it for this Hangout today. Uh, let us know what you thought of the storyboarding. Did we miss some core elements that you thought would be great in a, a, a cinematic film scene like we were trying to depict? Let us know in the comments below. And uh, as always, I'd like to remind you to subscribe to this YouTube channel. Click the button, uh, the bell to get notified about upcoming videos. And click the stupid like button. All this goes to help other Dragonlance fans like you 
find this channel and enjoy it. So let's do that, shall we? <laughs> All right, until next time, it's Lunch Bar, everyone.